Hey guys, welcome to another episode of 5 Minute Major Radio. Dave here, along with my broadcast partner in crime, as usual, Matt and Jake. What up, boys? Yo. So the playoffs are in full swing. There have been some upsets, and the Flyers have a new head coach. Uh, where do you guys want to pick it off? Do we want to address the Flyers, since we are a Flyers-themed podcast, or say, and then get in the playoffs? Or do we want to do playoffs and then hiring? What are you guys feeling? It's your world. I'm just living in it. This this is democracy. I'm just here so I don't get fined. This is democracy. We're all fair <laughs> saying this. Let's just talk about the playoffs first. We can talk about the playoffs. So, um, playoff hockey has been playoff hockey. If if you're not watching, I think you're clinically insane. Um, this is the best time of year for non-hockey fans to get into the sport because you're obviously seeing the best product possible. Um, a lot of really, really good series is going on right now. Um, there's some series that are tied and think of it two and two. There's a couple of series that are lopsided and there's already two series that are over. Uh, we need to just hop off, start off with a series that are over, uh, and shocking format. No one saw this coming, mm-hmm. especially when one team is the favored team is up three, nothing, Five minutes in to the first period of game one of a best of four, and they get swept. The Columbus Blue Jackets uh, came back from a 3 nothing deficit in game one and they proceeded then to score from the second period on in game one to the conclusion of game four. Outscored the Tampa Bay Lightning 19-5 to and won the series. And I don't think any of us saw that happening. I personally... Had the Lightning winning in five, I said they held. They could, they could have swept. And Columbus came in and said, "Oh no, you don't." And I, I think everyone's brackets got so busted that even to the NHL today tweeted out giving fans a chance to redo the the uh, bracket challenge they're doing, so everyone can redo their bracket. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they're and they're they're kind of getting chirped for that. And it's just, I won. I was, for one, shocked. And then, you know, I wasn't shocked when I saw the play of the Columbus Blue Jackets in this series. They just, Tampa just didn't have it. You know, Kucherov made a dumb old play, boarding the one guy in Columbus that cost him a suspension in game three. He didn't learn nothing, though. And then, and and he didn't. And he got actually asked today, "Did you learn anything from your suspension from game three? His response was, "No." Um, and then also they they lost Victor Hedman for games two, three, and four. And Victor Hedman is very much, even though Tampa is as is a wagon with many wheels and moving parts that made them the the success that they were this year. Um, losing Victor Hedman's a huge loss. And Andre Vasilevsky just wasn't good enough in that, and he got outdueled by his Russian counterpart and counterpart in Sergei Bobrovsky. Um, and yeah, Columbus just brought it to him wave after wave, and I mean. Uh, if, if you have to have a series MVP, if you ask me, it's Bobrovsky in that. Because he made some unreal saves and was, you know, if Columbus goes on a run, it's going to be because of Bob. Uh, the other one of you guys can chime in. Jake, Matt, Jake. Matt, um, Jake all right, no, what to talk about. I'll go. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's wild. I mean, you have a team who tied the, the regular season wins record. In the NHL, probably the best team 
in the salary cap era. No, the best team in the salary cap era. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, completely just, uh, like, own the NHL the entire season. Clinched a playoff spot in, what, like, March? Right. Early March? Yeah, so early March. Basically, we're just cruising into the playoffs. And then, I mean, everyone just thought they were just kind of run, like, we're going to run any, everybody over in the playoffs, too. Because, I mean, they've played, every like, everyone at least once. So it's like they play these teams and like they were just going to kill like not like necessarily kill them, but they were going to outplay them, outscore them, all that stuff. They were just going to dominate. And Tampa was just, uh, like you said, a huge wagon. And then that wagon just completely fell apart and burst into flames and like pretty much everyone died. Like if it was like a tragedy, like they were like kind of like the Hindenburg, like just watching them just, like, go down like that was insane because it's one of the best teams, like we said, it's the best team in recent years and one of the best teams to ever play in NHL regular season, but they just completely got outplayed by what is considered an eight seed, and they were, like, a a one seed, and, like, it's just crazy. I mean, the, like, the, the Lightning didn't even see it coming, like, Obviously, no, none of the fans saw it coming. Like, the in the NHL was probably like, well, what the hell do we do now? Like the like the most I wouldn't say the most marketable, but like the the best hope for like a hey, like this team is gonna make history by like just basically owning the not just the regular season but the postseason and then winning the cup. They're probably just like, whoa, like they were. I mean, everyone was taken aback by this, and it's wild because. I mean, like, Tampa, everyone kept saying, like, when is Tampa going to peak? And I guess they peaked when they started the playoffs. Yeah. So, but. And, and you knew something was up when, if I don't know if any of you guys watched the post game after game two. Uh, John Cooper just was just, and he's one of the league's best coaches who just got re-signed to a massive new contract. And he had like no answers. He looked dumbfounded. He was well, I mean, like, "What do you? I mean, what do you expect from a team who's basically just been running everybody over the whole season? Yeah. Like they faced no adversity whatsoever, so like they didn't really have to deal with like, like how, oh, like how do you feel going like going into game three like down two zero? And I would be like, like I would be like in a date like in a, in a daze like in a fog and be like, what the hell do we do? Yeah. Like so I mean it's understandable, but like it's crazy because. They had no answers. Like li- literally, they had no answers. Like no answers. even like, um, like I forget what I heard on uh, Spin Chicklets where like after Cooper's like he was getting interviewed after Game Four after they got swept and like he was like, yeah, like there's so much parody in the league. It's like, dude, you're literally the, the one of the best teams to ever play hockey, and you just got spanked by an eight seed, and that all you can say is that there's parody in the league, like. Come on, dude. Like, dude. you literally blew it. Like, even, like, uh, like Chicklets was also talking. I know we're not a Chicklets podcast, but they were. They talked about it, made some good points, just trying to credit where credit's due, you know? But, I mean, the Lightning's tweet was, like, it was basically, like, they just were, like, completely empty inside. I'll, uh, they I'll, were like, I'll, I'll pull it up and read it for yeah, organizational it was, apology. It, yeah, like, the, like, I can't even imagine, like, how that organization feels right now. Like, you got to just be, like, First of all, you got to be shocked. And second of all, you just have to feel, like, completely, like, just hollow at this point. Because, like, 
there's really like they're gonna be known as one of the, the the greatest teams to never do anything. They made history. They were the first President's Trophy winning team ever to get swept first round of the playoffs. So they did make history this playoffs. It's not the history they wanted it's to make. The greatest choke job in the history of choke jobs. Yeah, it was bad. I'm trying to roll for the Tampa. I was thinking that like when Tampa or when Columbus won the first game, I'm like, all right, like Columbus like kind of just squeaked into the playoffs. Like that maybe this is like this is that was huge and they stole one game, first of all, let alone to sweep. Like even if they would have won the series in like five, six or seven games, that would have been it would have still been unreal for them just to win yeah. with a sweep is just insane. Like, so it was, it was uh, you got you have the tweet from the lightning. I got the tweet after the lightning. So the lightning they not only do they post this to their Twitter, they also post it to their Instagram and their Facebook page. So I'm sure they got flack everywhere for it. Oh yeah. But it's like harnessing your inner, like, middle school or young high school emo self and putting yourself back in an AOL chat room. It's essentially what this tweet was. Um, we don't have any words, and we don't have any words, and we know you don't want to hear them. We understand your anger, your frustration, your sadness, everything you're feeling. We get it. This isn't the ending we imagined, and certainly not the one we wanted. Thank you for being there the entire way. Like, I mean, at least... organization hashtag move along. <laughs> I mean, that's probably, See, some, no, that's it, probably some, like, social media intern that had been approved by Tampa Bay uh, execs before getting know. posted. But just, like, I don't think wow. That, uh, something like that, I don't think, comes from an intern. So you think, like, a team official probably told the intern, tweet this out. Uh, maybe, I, I mean, who knows? But, but like, it's kind of funny because it's like I almost wish like I almost wish it was acceptable for like sports teams Twitter accounts to like curse because then Tampa could have just tweeted out, "Well, shit." <laughs> well, and then like that would be it. I think that would be hilarious, but obviously they're gonna they're gonna, they, keep, they, they're gonna keep it PG, maybe PG thirteen. They should have used but, they should have used the house on fire for the dog. Going, yeah, this is fine. Yeah, that would have been good too. Well, I mean that would have been good after like uh, I guess game, game one, game game one, two or three. Like, I mean four, it's just four, crazy. Four. Yeah. All I mean, all I remember is I I remember watching game yeah, one and I games. they were Tampa goes up three nothing and I'm like this is it. I'm like this is gonna be a cakewalk. Yeah. I was like oh my god and I remember just watching the game and being just more and more and more shocked as the game yeah, went on. Right. I was like I was like holy shit like Maybe Columbus and we a lot of people this podcast included I myself gave Matt Duchesne a lot of flack. But the man showed up in four games in the series. He had three goals and four assists. That's seven points in four games. The man came to play. I mean, also put up or too, shut up. Put up or shut up time. As like a, I'm not saying me personally, but like Columbus fans, like they're gonna remember this forever. And good for them. They've been around what twenty years 20 now. Twenty years. They've made the playoffs maybe a yeah. handful of times. Twitter definitely has a gun pointed at the boys in the locker room in between periods. Yeah, but. Like, sure. to win your first ever playoff, like, series in franchise history is, is special, but to do it against one of the best teams ever in the NHL is, like, it's crazy. Like, I, if and I, to if, sweep them. Yeah, and to sweep, yeah, like, I, it's just, it's just crazy. Like, it's, like, we, I mean, we could keep saying this, but no one saw this coming, and it, it came, and it's just, everyone is, like, Whoa. Yeah, it's like I like everyone's kind of just like trying to recover at this point from like 
And then, like, I mean, the next the next series, like, the Penguins and Islanders, like, we, I guess we can move on to that now. That was a very like, nice segue. That was a sweep, too. And it's, like, that, no one saw I feel like that kind of got, like, overshadowed by the whole, like, Tampa thing because, like, both games were the same night. But to have, yeah, to have, like, a team like the Tampa get swept is insane. And then, like, not even, like, 40 minutes later, the Penguins are done, too, because they get swept by the Islanders. Like... That was just a. It was a weird night, honestly, because it was just like everything that you didn't think was gonna happen happened, and you're just like, like you're supposed to. I mean, it's it's only it's playoff hockey, but like and it happens, but it's just like how are you like? What am I supposed to do now? So, yeah, and like the Penguins, like Sidney Crosby didn't get a point until Game Four. Malkin was invisible. Kessel was invisible. Invisible. Matt Murray was not good. Crystal Tang was not good. Pittsburgh doesn't really have a defense besides Chris Letang. Mm. And I mean, I'm personally loving it, laughing at it, because suck on it, Pittsburgh. Um, you have the same amount of playoff wins as the Ottawa Senators this year. So, hey, and, but also the Philadelphia Flyers, but you know, yeah. whatever. Uh, but it felt good seeing your arch. And I, I love I, – I, every once in a while now lately, I'll, go, I'll log on to Penguins Twitter and just scroll through the comments with, like, a bowl of popcorn. Because they, they they literally have fans saying it's time to fire Mike Sullivan, it's time to trade Chris Letang and Malkin and Kessel, and I'm like, y'all are dumb, and this is hysterical. Um, but I was very shocked, you know. According to me, you know, the New York, you know, I was very critical of the New York Islanders and very much an anti-New York. I, I chose, I had a series of two evils in my mind, and I picked the bigger evil because. You, just looking at the, the history yeah. of what uh, Malkin and Crosby and company have done in the playoffs, how could you bet against them? Yep. And the Islanders and Barry Trotz just – Barry Trotz simply outcoached Mike Sullivan. And Robin Leonard, if this – I mean, Robert Leonard, Leonard at one point was a very highly touted goalie prospect for the Ottawa Senators and then the Buffalo Sabres. He had some struggles, came out, realized he, had, he went to rehab, had some, got sober – got his meds for having his bipolar disorder, got everything figured out, and he had one hell of a year this year. And right now in playoffs, he's been the second-best goalie besides Bobrovsky. And if you get good going, good goaltending, and overall good team scoring in the playoffs, you're going to go far, go far. And that's what happened with the Islanders and the Penguins. Just, you know, game one went to overtime, and I think that was really the only other time Pittsburgh was ever in a game in that series. It was just amazing. I've just seen, like, there was just nothing there from Crosby and company, and at the same time as I'm laughing and enjoying it, I'm like, I'm like, holy hell! Yeah. Maybe you know, maybe you know, Father Time <laughs> is finally catching up with Pittsburgh because you know, winning for so long has consequences. Like eventually, you're not having as good draft picks. You're not rebuilding your cupboards. You're playing long this room, which means you have less of an offseason for your players to heal. So maybe all this hockey is just finally catching up to Pittsburgh, and maybe we're going to see the decline of the Pittsburgh Penguins now. I mean, it's almost comparable to, like, kind of what's happened to the Blackhawks in the past couple of years, where it's, like, guys like uh, like Taze and Kane are older, and, like, they're, I mean, the Blackhawks missed out on the playoffs uh, this this past regular season, and then... They, they were close, though. Yeah. They I, were close this year. But, I mean, like, obviously teams teams go through these these ups and downs throughout the years, and it's, like... Yeah. Yep. So, I mean... These teams that we've been seeing, like, not dominate, but, like, that we're used to see winning in the past maybe five, six years are going to start maybe being on the down, like, the downswing, I guess. I don't know if that's a word, but you know what I mean. Yeah. But it's like we're going to see these teams start declining possibly just because 
guys are getting older. And like you said, like the like playing more, like not getting as good a draft picks because they finish like so well every season. Or train draft picks away to boost to the yeah. team the deadline, yep. stuff like so, that. Yeah, I mean it's a I will quote uh the Onion Knight himself, Sir Davo Seaworth, uh from Game of Thrones, and he says nothing uh Fs you like time. So I think that was season seven. Yeah. Yeah, it was when he, when he's talking to uh he's talking to Gendry. Yeah, Gendry. Spoiler alert, Gendry. 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 Anyway, um <laughs> yeah, so see Davos, Sir Davos with the uh the quote hitting home because yeah. have a vote around for me. So well yeah, I mean it's crazy. And like hopefully the Flyers are one of those teams where they're I mean, I think they're on the upswing, which is good, but they obviously still have, like, a little bit of a ways to go. But soon enough, we'll be used to the Flyers winning, and it'll be – everything will be happy again. Hopefully. But, yeah, I mean, back to, like, the, the Penguins-Islander series, I will say I agree with a lot of what you said, Dave, and, like, I will say that I am interested to see, one, who they play now because they play the winner of, I want to say, what, Washington-Carolina, I think. But I'm not sure how all that works I at this point. I can check. But let me go to my busted bracket. Aside from aside from the uh, aside from who they're playing, I am interested to see how like because there's going to be the atmosphere in the, the Barclays Center is going to be nowhere near as electric as it was in the Coliseum. So that's got to be so tough. I mean, like. I understand they did it all season. They've done it for the past couple of years where they've like swapped back and forth with games at the Coliseum and then games at Barclays Center. But like you want to obviously play in the, in the, uh, the so-called old barn, like the usual, I mean, yeah, I can't even imagine like the Barclays Center is just not cut out for hockey. And like, I mean, it's still going to be like, I'm still sure it's still going to be rocking, but like, not like the you Coliseum. Can't with it. The Coliseum was just absolutely electric. Like so, the, the Islanders, the yeah. Islanders will host. Uh, well, actually, uh, it depends on who they play. They are going to play the winner of the Washington Carolina series. If Carolina wins, the Islanders are the home team again. If Washington wins, Washington's the host. Um, and that could be a really good series. But does the Penguins, Jake? Do you have anything to add on about the Penguins Islanders series? If you got a chance to watch it, I know that Wawa life is kind of consuming you right. <laughs> is that Wawa is consuming you right now? I missed a lot. Oh, of that was a bad pause. <laughs> sorry to the viewers and the, sorry to the boys here. Yeah, I missed a lot of the first round, but I was able to catch a couple couple periods over the last couple of days. Tuning in, tuning in. But uh, now it's. There wasn't really much to watch. I mean, they didn't really give me time to catch up. Should we give condolences to GR? Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, and uh, Pittsburgh and Tampa seem to want to wrap things up rather quickly. So, I mean, <laughs> and, Cro- and Crosby's used on the time off. He's actually he denied Team Canada's invite to go play for them at the World Championships. He's going to say, "I'm, I'm going to take some time to relax." The sports psychologist, like they say, Flurry. Do you have any consultancies for uh, for good old GR? Uh, for sure. those who don't know, I'm Jake's, sure doing fine. Jake grandfather, Jake's grandfather is from Pittsburgh. So, yeah, yeah. sorry, GR. They, they, they let you down. Washington doesn't like it. But, yeah, we can just give a quick update on the other series going on right now. He's doing well in Vegas right now. Right now, there's a couple of the series going on. Right In action right now tonight. Washington and Carolina are playing. Washington leads the series to one. Um, but right now, Carolina has a two to one lead in game four. And if they win with about eight minutes left in the third period, that's a tie series. 
Uh, going on right now, another series that's tied at 2-2 out west is St. Louis and Winnipeg, with Winnipeg having a lead right now early on at the end of the first. And later tonight, uh, Vegas is up on the Sharks 3-1. And I'm pretty sure... See, now while my bracket may be slightly busted by Pittsburgh and Tampa, I'm proving to be a little bit okay with my Western picks, except for one series. Um... And, of course, you know, going on back in the East, you got Toronto and Boston all lining up at two games apiece. Then you have Calgary and Colorado, where I originally picked Calgary to win in six because Calgary, I thought, was a better team than the Colorado Avalanche. Boy, I was wrong. Uh, Colorado adds in Kale McCarr, and Nathan McKinnon's gone into full beast mode. Um, Dallas and Nashville's tied 2-2, and that's been a really good series. Pecorini got lit up last night. Nashville got spanked last night, so I don't know. So everything that I predicted is just completely wrong at this point. Well, I mean, we both had. I mean, Toronto Boston has been a really good series. What's the point anymore? Time behind the eight ball, there, man. Guys and Cadres is idiot. I need to take a hiatus. Um, Anybody that's saying they hold play by Cadres, it's just there's been borderline. Yeah, I've seen a lot of Leafs fans questioning Cadres. into a one intelligence and two, like, does he even care about his teammates? This is the second year in a row you've done a similar penalty that's gotten you suspended when your team needs you. Yeah. And so a lot of Leaf fans are mad at that. Right. Uh, Nashville and Dallas is who's ever goalie feels like making saves one night and whoever's uh, offense shows up. That's how that series has gone so far. Um, St. Louis Winnipeg has been pretty evenly matched. It's been that's been a good that's been back yeah. and forth. Yeah. Uh, almost similar to the. Boston Toronto series where it's been back and forth and good even hockey where one team yeah. turns up one night the other team turns up one night or both show up and just one gets a lucky bounce. Uh, Calgary and Colorado has been a really Sharks, really good Sharks series. Have, uh, the Sharks do. Uh, yeah. But Calgary Calgary and Colorado has been really good. Um, mm-hmm. Where Colorado has said we're not gonna be roll over to a, to what me if you go on paper is a better. Calgary Flames team. That game last night was some. Oh my goodness. Colorado is down to. I, mean, I, I haven't, seen, I haven't seen much, but that was some pretty entertaining hockey for sure. Yeah. Colorado's down 2 nothing. comes back, ties it up 2 2, then wins it like six minutes into overtime. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get to watch it. And then how about Kale McCarr wins, wins, wins the Hobie Baker Friday night, plays in the NCAA Frozen Four Championship Saturday, loses uh, to, to University of Minnesota Duluth. Then Sunday gets signed with the Avalanche, plays his first game earlier this week with the Avalanche, and on his first shot on goal in the NHL, what does he do? Scores his first career goal. And, you know, Kale McCarr is probably the, the, the – not probably. He is the future of Colorado's defense and could be a franchise-level defenseman in the making and good for Colorado. He is going to be a stud uh, I know we have a mutual friend of this podcast who's very, very excited about that. Uh, but then, yeah, moving on, Jake, you mentioned it just a second ago. Vegas to San Jose. Man, the Sharks cannot get a safe voice. Yeah. Martin Jones has been an absolute garbage in net. And for some reason, Pete DeBoer is still rolling him out there. At some point, like, what, when do you not throw in Aaron Dell? I mean, they I, did they have they put Dell in at some they point? They have. I think, I think, I think yeah, if they pulled him, yeah, it was Tuesday night. I mean, but like, that was gonna be. I think for me, I think I said it last time when we were like kind of making our picks, me and Dave. But it's like for me, I think the difference in that series is gonna be goaltending. And I mean, Flurry has proven himself down the road with Pittsburgh and now Vegas. Shot. 
Yeah, I mean, he's played well though too. Yeah, he's played like I think yeah. Mark Andre Fleur. I just, you know? Martin Jones just can't make the saves when he needs to. No, and, and killing the Sharks. Vegas is a deeper team, and that line right now of Paul Stastny, Stone. Max Pacioretty, and and Mark Stone is just tearing them up. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the off ice. You've got the off ice mm-hmm. battle between um, Brian Reeves and Evander Kane. Yeah, Kane, Colin Reeves, the Muffin Man, and. Reeves making his profile picture and all of his social media accounts, the Muffin Man. <laughs> and it's just, oh, oh it's boy. been, there, there is some hate in that series. That's oh, yeah. no, I'm looking forward to watching the game tonight. Yep. Like, it's been really good. The Flurry's just being Flurry. Talk, right, and then, oh, what was the other quote? When Thornton hot, did his high hit on Nosek and he got suspended, and then Reeves, and Horton, Thornton comes out and saying, he's like, oh, that my son does not play to me a billion times a day, and it's just what position you're in and how you handle it. And then Reeves comes out with a quote saying, it's like, you know, I have a friend whose grandfather has a problem seeing things with stuff <laughs> like that. You know, he's going to have a hard time seeing things from the press box. And I'm like, zing. <laughs> I mean, I my my personal approach would be to, would, would, uh, I would not want anything to do with Ryan Reeves because I would. Or Vander Kane. Yeah, I mean, either of those guys would just blow me over like a house. Whatever, that's that's terrible straw, analogy. But straw hut. Yeah, I, I'd be a straw I mean, hut to their Ryan, Ryan Reeves. I'd be the straw hut to the ba- their big bad wolf because they Ryan Reeves is a unit. Absolutely so. manhandle me. Uh, but it's just there's just been some really really good hockey. First get thrown back to after suspension. So yeah, but we'll see if that helps. But they're they're on the brink in the Shark Tank. Yeah, yeah. and I mean Vegas is so Vegas is already. You don't have that chance in your own boys. The Vegas Golden Knights storied history has told us that they're a good team. Yeah. Two years in the league, back-to-back playoff appearances. Yep. Oh, their steamroll looks like it. Yeah, it's been it's been really good, and you know the Sharks just their stars, their age is showing, and Eric Carlson has not had a good playoffs. He had he had an injury-riddled season, and he's had not had a very good playoffs, and you know. Bennett, pro or con, you the playoffs. Stays in San Jose? I don't know. That's where I'm leaving this point. The pro or con, how you do in the playoffs can affect how you are as a free agent and how much moolah you earn come July 1. I think this past season and the way Eric Carlson has played in his injury history this past year, you know, the way in his playoffs, I think you've seen some mil dollars come off his, his tag that teams are going to be willing to offer him. I mean, he's still going to make a fucking load of money. Yeah, I think his body of work is too, is too strong. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, he's still I, mean, be, I think he, I think Carlson's the kind of person who can play off his like San Jose, which wasn't a good fit for him. You know, I mean, as the hockey news used to like to say in their preseason preview for play, remember they used to do the top fifty players that were their top fifty return to form. I think he's one of those guys that maybe just kind of had a rough year, like you know injuries. I mean, Car- Carlson, he's he's twenty eight. He's going to be turning twenty nine on the thirty first. Um, and he's had he's had the not just this season, but the past couple of seasons, he's had a big nagging injury problem, and the injuries only get worse as you age. And you know he still is odds are probably one of the best defensemen in the world, and might be the best defenseman in the league right now, besides Victor Hedman and a couple others that we can mention. But um, you know just it it hurts. It definitely hurts his likelihood of making them. I mean he's he's still going to make more bank than we will ever dream of. But it def- it yeah. definitely you know at one point I would have said that Eric Carlson is going to be making ten plus million come July first a year, 
And now I can see him making around eight. It's just me personally. I could be wrong. I'm wrong about a lot of things. Just look at my bracket that I picked for the playoffs. Wrong about a lot of stuff. Um, but you know, I definitely think it's gonna hurt him financially. Not mm. hurt him financially. Air quotations. Right. Um, any other thoughts, guys? You want to talk about the playoffs? Any other series you guys want to put on, pick on? I feel like we've. Uh, I feel like we've touched on everything pretty well. It's so really it. Yeah, I mean, it's still early. We're still early. It feels like a lot already, but we're like what? Only like a week in. We're only a yeah. week in the playoffs, and two teams have already been eliminated. Yeah, so. well, and there could be more. There could be one eliminated, one eliminated tonight, and a couple eliminated tomorrow. There have been some, uh, some coaching hires. There has been some coaching hires, and there's been one very important coaching hire. Uh, if we touch on it, you know, um, Todd McClellan, ex-coach of the Sharks and Oilers, got hired by the LA Kings. Um. And then has anyone else gotten hired besides the one we're going to go to next? I don't we have Quinville and Florida. Well, Quinville and Florida, we all knew about that. Um, all news. And you have uh, Vignon. Yeah, uh, the Flyers recently, out of kind of nowhere, I didn't even know they were really in, ready to hire anyone yet, uh, kind of shocked the fan base and went out and signed Aline Vigneault to a five-year, $25 million contract. He's the next head coach of the – of the Philadelphia Flyers, the 21st in history. And, you know, I personally am excited about this hire. Um, Aline Vigneault, granted, he was a safe choice, but he he's a proven winner. Um, he's 12th all-time in wins in the NHL currently. He's won a Jack Adams. Uh, he's had six 100-point seasons. He's had um, two trips to the Stanley Cup final. Um, he's won two... Two or three pres he's won two or three presidents trophies. Um, he's made it to the conference finals multiple times with his previous teams. You know, the guy is a winner. Yes, towards maybe towards the end, he did have a problem with the appointment of players and how he used them in New York. But towards the end of his tenure with the New York Rangers, those New York Rangers teams were really were really bad teams. Mm. Where management was trading away key cogs and all he had was really Henry Funquist and that. Um but going back to his years in Vancouver, he had a very a team very similar to the Flyers, where they can play that grit, but when they get the offense going, they can have that run and gun, that Cam Junior zone style. And he has had goalies have had very good success with him. And granted, he's had Roberto Luongo and Henrik Lundqvist as his two starters, but they have had career numbers with him. Now he's but got also, Carter Hart. But also, more important, now he's got Carter Hart who we think is the next franchise goalie, but also backup goalies under Vigneault have been very good and have averaged almost a 930 save percentage. And that's a backup called Corey Schneider, who's now with the New Jersey Devils. And, and, and a guy I think I think we may know, because Vigneault had him with the Rangers. And that's Cam Talbot. And also Antiranta was also the other backup. Max Talbot. Max Talbot is well, he's an he's ex flyer. You're right. <laughs> Not a uh, we probably know Max Talbot more than we know Cam Talbot. No extended IR for some team over in the KHL. I can't remember what. I just recently was playing for Locomotive Yarnslaw. No, I don't think he plays there anymore. Kunlun. I think he's a different team. The Kunlun Red Dragon or Red Star mm, or whatever. I don't know either. No. But um, so, so there's there's a lot of like there's a lot of good things I'm looking forward to. Uh, hopefully this means you know with bringing a new fresh head coach in. We can kiss Chris Knobloch and Ian Lapierre goodbye. Um, I think Rick Wilson might stay on. Never know, but um, there was a press conference today held by the Flyers and Fletcher and Oli Vigneault and 
Chuck admitted, you know, that hiring the coaches is now going to be a path that him and Aline are going to do. Aline admitted he's going to interview the current guys before he makes any decision. You have to think bringing in his own guys is going to be something he does. Because I, I don't, you know, and if Chuck, for, if for some reason they keep on Lapierre and Knobloch, it's like, why did you even hire a new head coach then? Yeah. Like, you should have just kept things status quo. You need, you need to have a head coach guy bring in his own people. Um, you know, Rick Wilson might say, because Rick Wilson did help up this defense a lot, and things got going in a different direction that way. But, you know, Olivigno has liked to bring on other big, important roles of assistant coaches. He likes to hire ex-head coaches. Like, he was the one who brought in Lindy Ruff, who coaches New York's defense right now. Aline brought him in. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But me personally, um, to end all the Flyers fans who are pissed off on Twitter, social media, saying, well, it's not Coach Q, so I'm upset. Everyone needs to realize the Flyers apparently never had a doggone chance in signing Coach Q. They never got permission, according to Chuck Fletcher, to the media, he never got permission from the Chicago Blackhawks to talk to, to Coach Q, and the Panthers hopped on that ball first. And the Florida Panthers have something that we don't have. They have Dale Talon, who's his best friend as their GM. Um, Coach Hugh already lives in Florida in the offseason. He's a huge gambler and a huge horse racer. And the Panthers literally have a horse track next to their stadium. So they were never going to get Coach Q. So Flyers fans, get over it. Try and be positive about something. I know Lee Vigneault is a good hire and he's a good coach. You can't compare what he did with the Rangers to what he's going to do with the Flyers. Because, frankly, we don't know what he's going to do with the Flyers yet. And, two, also, this Flyers team, if you ask me, is better than the Rangers team he's had. It's more similar to the Vancouver team. Um, I'm excited. I think it's a step in the right direction. We're finally seeing Chuck Fletcher implement his footprint on this team and what he thinks it can do. And I think Elie Vigneault is a guy who can get, you know, our good guys going and get on board with the message, and he can help further along the development of our younger players. Because now as far as like, we're done developing. Now it's now it's time. All right, Travis Knetney, Nolan Patrick, Travis Sanheim, Oscar Blom. Put up or shut up, guys. Like now's the time. Like if you're not gonna be anything that we think you're good enough, then you gotta go. And that's gonna be I think this year is a very, very important year. Um I'm excited about it. I really think it's a good hire. He's the second he's one, he's gonna be one of the best coaches all time in NHL history. And it's you know, it's overall a good move. Gentlemen, your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, I think Dave said a lot of it already. Uh, kind of. I said a lot. Stay on the spotlight over I'm here. Sorry, leave I'm some sorry. for the rest of us. I'm sorry. Anyway. Um, I digress. I mean, I like. Yeah, I like. I like the AV hiring. I feel like um, my. I guess my three guys that I would see that I could have seen coming to the Flyers at this point with with uh with Quinville off the board, you know, but um. I would have said Vigneault, probably Dave Tippett, and um, I'm blanking on the third right now, but there's a third guy there somewhere. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I'm happy with it. Um, I watched a couple minutes of the press conference today while I was on my lunch break, and uh, it seems like he's, like, he's obviously he's ready to go. He's ready for, like, another shot in the NHL. Obviously, um, knows what he has to deal with, knows, like, it seems like him and Fletcher are already on the same page about what they want to do with their their coaching staff outside of obviously Vigneault. Um, 
even with the player personnel, like hopefully the flaw, like obviously Fletcher has made it known that they're going to go after um, another defenseman, a high level defenseman. And then also like a couple, maybe a couple depth forwards, depending on uh, what's out there. But Fletcher can't control the market. Let's all remember that because I mean, it's true. I know, <laughs> but yeah, I, I can't really say much at this point. Cause like, um, I mean, it, it's, we're still technically in this, in this season. Yes. So it's like, I, I'm excited about it. Like I'm looking forward to it, but then I realize it's April and we still have to wait another six months until there's meaningful Flyers hockey again. So, but I think it's a, it's a, it's the first step in the direction. It's a, a step in the right direction for the Flyers because like, I know Fletcher said that they didn't want to drag out finding a new coach and I don't know what happened with Gordon, but like, I wouldn't mind if Gordon even stayed on as an assistant. Like, I would be all right with that. Like, anything to make our special teams better. Like, so, but I like it. And that's pretty much all I have to say at this point because I like, there's still so much time in the offseason where it's like a lot of stuff still has to unfold. And then obviously they need to play games before we can see how, like, Vigneault's style, how his coaching style, how his systems, all that, all that jazz can come to fruition and hopefully propel the Flyers to a Stanley Cup. So let's just not have him, uh, let's just hope he stays for the whole year. So I, I don't think he'd get fired. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if, if Dave has. If the Flyers have another star like they did this past season under Vigneault, then he's definitely canned. So I think if Dave Haxall can last almost three full seasons, Owen Vigneault is going to have a leash. I don't know, man. Those are different times with a different GM. But, uh, so, but yeah, I like it, and uh, I'm excited to see where it can go from here. Jake, your thoughts? Uh, I mean, you're, you're definitely the most skeptical out of, out of Matt and I. I don't call it skepticism. It's more so, like, it is exactly what it is. I... I my perception of the signing is it's kind of like a wait-and-see kind of move. You know, I mean, Vigneault's got a large body of work in the NHL as a head coach, and, you know, most of it being positive. Like I said, he's not a lot of, he's got, you know, had a very good long stretch there in Vancouver, and, you know, and he had some questionable years or maybe some, you know, a little bit of a rough patch with, like, coaching his coaching tenure in New York. New, New York. New York? <laughs> New York, I meant to say. But, uh, I mean, you know, here's one thing. Here's a positive I ha- I like about it. On an organizational standpoint, Vignola is a fresh face. He's not a recycled. Um, he's he's not like a former player. He's not like a former organizational member. It's not. I was like, gonna make this point. It's not like a it's not like a promotion for anybody. It's it's you're you're you are bringing someone who is an outsider to the Philadelphia Flyers and bringing him in. And to piggyback off of what you kind of said maybe previously. I think that that does give the ability for that person to come in and bring their own personnel in and like, which is important for multiple reasons. One, because it's important because you want your coaching staff to have trust to be a unit, like to be able to have trust and confide in each other as a coaching staff. And you want compliance there. And unfortunately, sometimes you're not going to always see eye to eye with different regimes per se. So, and it's nothing, it's no disrespect to like LaPierre or Knobloch, but you know, they come from a previous regime that may not have, you know, a similar, a similarly aligned plan on how they want to go forth and coach the Philadelphia Flyers. And that's just not going to work, especially considering Vignola was hired to be the coach. Vignola was hired to come and 
propel the Flyers to wins and victories and do a playoff position. So preferably, I would like to see Vigneault come in and bring his own guys in too. And I think that, you know, he should be free and like, and like kind of like his decision-making should be left up to him. Like I would like to see, you know, organizational influence on that, be a little more on the slimmer side, you know, and like even to bring in like another point, I think Matt maybe said he likes to bring in former head coaches. He likes to bring in former, like well-known, well-established uh, names in the business per se, and make that part of his network, you know, and there was a Dave Tippett that was thrown out there. And like when the flyers, I mean, in, in conversation between, I guess, like you guys and elsewhere, like I thought, like you know, Tippett's still out there, and like I like Dave Tippett a lot. Well, Dave, Dave Tippett right now, not to cut you off, Jake, yeah, he is a advisor to this to the future Seattle team. Right. So I heard apparently the Flyers did interview Tippett. Right. After the, before they interviewed Vigneault, mm-hmm. and obviously Vigneault won the job. Uh, but who knows if Tippett even like, wants to be head coach? This is this is not this is not like a disrespect. This is not disrespectful towards. You know, Vignol for I'm happy. Am I happy with the hiring? Yes, but as as far as like the timetable on like when you're gonna see maybe results or what, it's like that's where I kind of like that's where I'm coming from with the wait and see. You're a results guy. Yeah, more so like I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna vest my full interest in like I said it's nothing I'm putting against like Vignol personally, but I'm not like I guess gonna vest my my full you know. What are his long combos going to be, huh? I, I, mean, I want to see him. I want to see him on the bench. I, I, I want to see how he manages the team. I want to see how he deploys the talent that we have up front. You know how how he manages the defense. Like you know, how, like you know, if Hart has a bad night, I want to see like how how does he work through a situation like that with goaltending? You know, especially with like the situation we have with a relatively younger goaltender making the jump to you know the NHL. They're all things that I have we haven't seen from you know Elaine Vigneault. I mean, we will see, but you know. It, I'm 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 gonna wait it out, you know. I think I'll figure it out. I'm sure I'm sure it'll be good. But also, I mean, I would like to see, you know, I want to hear more from it. So I want to see if like Vigneault goes out and he picks like his assistants. I want to see if he goes out and maybe like, I don't know, maybe we're working with a different goaltending coach. I don't know. <laughs> like the possibilities are endless, you know. I mean, I I would like to see maybe just a complete overhaul, like we've said before, like of the special teams you know, of, you know, the deployment of players to begin with, you know, just how, like, management, time management in a game, you know, just a system, like, systematical kind of, like, whatever. I don't know. I'm just throwing words out there now. Fix it all, man. Yeah. Fix it all. Well, Every column gets a check. So, I mean, we'll see. But, no, I mean, I, I, I'm happy with, you know, the uh, the unfamiliarity, you know? Like, it's not it, like – it's, it's, a, it's a fresh start. This, right. is, this is the most non-Flyera the Flyers staff has been in years. Mm-hmm. We have Chuck Fletcher and now Aline Vigneault as GM and head coach, respectively. It, it's been years since we haven't had, you know, an ex-Flyera in a position to key power, like with roster decisions. Like, it was Paul Holmgren, Ron Hextall, Bobby Clark, uh, you know, the, the old boys club. And now finally, it's it's we have two different new faces who have no previous history with the Flyers until Butcher this past season, and now Vigneault going forward. I'm excited. Vigneault also got his whistle from Gritty. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, yeah. Gritty proposed that. to him, yeah. dropped down on uh, one knee and everything. Yeah. Oh, I um, really, I really approved. Good, I have a good little story to end the podcast. But uh, you know, when, going, when we're ready to touch on your note, Jake, um, about special teams and stuff of uh, Vin. Vigneault's teams, both in New York and Vancouver, 
have had a history of being top 10 units in the league, both power mm-hmm. play and penalty kill. Oh, I definitely so, like how he runs a penalty kill. Like, there is... Especially with a strong defensive team, if the Flyers can get up to par, like, especially on the defensive unit, like, we could be a house, for yeah. sure. Like, like I like, especially, like, for Car- if Carter Hart gets that kind of support up front, oh, yeah. I and Car- forget and about it. Vigneault also likes to have a starter and a backup. He is not a tandem coach. I mean, we saw with Hart, like, Touching on Hart quick, we saw what Hart can do when he's getting fucking laid out to dry. Like, he was keeping us in games. Sorry, and they had no Sorry to in the game. Yeah. But, like, the defense was leaving him, ha- like, hanging about to dry. The offense wasn't really clicking. And this kid's still making 40 saves for us to win a game. Like, 40-plus saves for us to win a game. Like, imagine if he doesn't have to do that every night. And, like, he, he gets actually gets support. defensive support. Often, like, he gets all-around support from his, like, back end and front end. It's like... We can we can go places, and I'm excited to see when that actually happens because it's going to be a hell of a time. Yep, we're going to be dancing in the, the streets. The fog, the fog will you be know, rocking the more, you. The again. more I talk about it, the, the more you know, the more I'm kind of like jogging it in my like kind of juggling with the idea in my mind. It makes me, I like it more. It was kind of like you know because you're right. There was no there was no real heat around it. There was no talk. It was kind of spontaneous the other day. Like that kind of like oh, oh by the way, you know the Flyers have hired Elaine Vigneault. I think you know. Uh, Brent, my lovely girlfriend, Brenna, was the one who told me he got hired. She's like, so what do you think about a new Fireside coach? I'm at work. I'm like, wait, what? what? Yeah, I'm like, like, wait, what? It was very, I was kind of just like scrolling. And like, I think before I hit the group message, and I was like, oh. I was like, oh, okay. And then I was like, All right, it, that's interesting. You know, I, it just, it just the thought, I was not under consideration. Like, you know, I think I'm just processing. Like, okay, so like, you know, like okay cool. Like, yeah, it, it's good. I like that. I, it's a good it's a good hiring, you know. It, it it was a Matt. This will be the last point I make before we can get to Matt. But there was looking for immediate saying. gratification, though. In this fan base, you're not getting it with him. You never. You, I mean, you never get. Yeah. You never get immediate. You're, you're never. You're never going to get it. Like, this is not like first of all, this is not a quick turnaround to begin with. But also, like, like this is very much like long term, like good for the organization, in my opinion. I mean, it could be a quick turnaround with with the skill they already mm-hmm. have. It could be a quick turnaround, but you never know. Um, well, I was going to make a point. Last. Maybe it'll come back to me. That's what happens when you get old, guys. Uh, uh, I forget. Matt, Matt, do you want to... And you, you have a story for us, apparently? I do. Story time with Great Matt Nastro. So, as we all know, life is full of ups and downs. <laughs> and I had a... Uh, I had a... Not really a surprising, but a, a, a welcoming surprise that I created myself where I had since forgotten about it. So since December, I was on a personal quest to purchase a gritty stuffed animal. Did you get one? And the other day it finally got to my house after. So I ordered it on bleacher creatures and I ordered it probably about two months ago. Why the panel each have one. This is my question. Dude, they're hard enough to find one. I mean, you why? Gotta let me finish my story, man. Twice gritties. Like, I'm just getting to the point here. I'm just saying. Anyway, so I ordered this two months ago. It says it's not even going to ship until April. I'm like, are you kidding me? So I kind of forgot about it, but I I got an email the other day, and it was like, you have an order from Bleacher Creatures that is shipped. And I'm like, oh, man, I forgot I ordered this. And I was like, I got pumped. I was like, yo, Gritty, is it like Gritty's coming in? So, but yeah, so... From December, because remember, I think the first the first game they were selling them at was when the first uh, the first 
game that Heart played. Yeah, we were all and they were all sold out by first intermission. So ever since then, every game that I went to, I would look for them, and they were supposed to be restocked one time I went, but then good old Donnie Trump had to shut down the government, which the only time I've been personally affected by government shutdown was that, was when there was a sign in the store at the Wells Fargo Center that said that the gritty dolls were held up in customs because of the government shutdown, and I was irate because Trump... I mean, well, I'm not going to get political here, but he messed with the wrong man's stuffed animal at that point. Damn straight. Yeah, but then I finally found it online, and they were backordered like anything, like nothing I've ever seen before. But I ordered it, and I was like, you know what? This will be nice because I'm probably going to forget about it. But then once it gets here, I I will be ecstatic, and that's exactly what happened. So now I am the proud owner of a gritty stuffed animal. I sound like a twelve-year-old when I say this, but a hell of a story. Give this snow clap for me. I appreciate oh. everyone's support these tough times. I can and, now. Uh, I can ask again, knowing that Master Rice is pretty dull. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. We got him. So Elvis has entered the building. Gritty is in my bedroom. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So um, little bit of little bit of light yeah. little light story to end the night, I think. But good. I'm happy. I have gritty good, good for morale. Exactly. Should we make, we should morale make, we make a segment. Closely podcast. Story time with Matt. That's fine. I got but, um, Grandpa Matt. <laughs> Grandpa Matt. They knocked it on his lap. Soft to Matt. Oh, God. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, and other things on the good note, Matt has screened all fires of a new head coach. Playoffs are playoffs, and brackets are wrong. Um, but, boys, do you have anything else you want to add before we call this one to quits? Brackets are awesome. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I mean, already, I'm already exhausted from all this playoff hockey, and the Flyers aren't even playing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's it, guys. Thanks again for anyone's questions, comments, or concerns we saw on Facebook tonight. We'll maybe read them and address them next week. Um, hopefully returning back to our regularly scheduled programming on Tuesday evening. We'll see how it goes. We are all busy fellows. This is how I find crap happens like this. Um, Instagram, still not active yet. We'll see what happens. Working on it. I guess we're all busy. Uh, but as always, Facebook and Twitter live in action. <laughs> all well. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Let's go Flyers. Peace.